Välkommen till röstelsen. Tala in ett meddelande efter tonen. Welcome to the FNRAD Snowboarding Podcast. I'm Eric Trollson. Wow, this is a great way to climb mountains and come down, you know. For our reception, our Vulcan buddies brought acid. I was dropping in and snaking people and causing shit. I remember calling on the radio and I'm like, Brushy, where are you? You know, Greg would do the tricks. He was kind of like the Tony Hawk of snowboarding. I mean, people just really gravitated to the backcountry. I liked Greg, but he didn't really care for me too much because I was a little shithead. Our guest this week is Johan Olofsson from Sweden, whose breakaway part in TV5 changed the game forever. People still talk about it to this day. He brought technical freestyle to another level up in Alaska. Guys like Travis Rice owe a lot to the lines that Johan scoped out and did way back when. We caught up with Johan at his uh, new resort that he's running with his friend and fellow pro snowboarder Ingmar Bachman in northern Sweden. Yeah, I have to find a place where I have, uh, let's see, I gotta have to charge the phone, I gotta have Wi-Fi, and, oh, fucking hell, like, not surrounded by so many people, where could that, where could that be? Let's do this, I'll sit in the lobby bar. I'm down at the uh, ski resort that we're running down here. How about that, do you hear me now? My bo- first board was a Burton Cruiser bought in uh, 1988 by my dad. He was, was laying underneath the uh, Christmas tree. So did your family take you skiing a lot as a kid? Not really, you know, like... Uh, uh, I mean, in northern Sweden, everybody skis on occasion. But dad was more into ice hockey, and my older brother was playing ice hockey a lot. That whole ice hockey soccer thing, you know. And uh, actually, like, I was doing um, uh, BMX, uh, hitting jumps and stuff like that. A lot of my friends were doing skateboarding, but uh, uh, I did a little bit. But I, I just thought that the conditions were too shitty where I grew up. I was like... You know, I catch way more air on my BMX bike. Like, I don't see any any point, really. I was, in the early days, it was like, uh, you didn't know shit. You were just riding around the streets and fucking finding a dirt dirt pile and make putting a track in it and trying to link it into some ditch or something, finding tran- trannies and, you know, making, like, you know, like... Uh, uh, speed, like uh, what do you call those? Like number plates for your front, for your steering, steering. Ah, you were fucking. That BMX was a shit. I think it was the same era as ET and all that stuff. You know, like since I was a young kid, I don't know where the hell I seen it, but must be in like some kind of like Beach Boys uh, album of, of a cover with a surfboard or something. I seen it when I was a little kid, and. That's when I saw a snowboard the first time on the, in a magazine. I'm like, that's the closest to surfing you will ever get. Get on it. Then we, I mean, we were just snowboarding like for four or five years, I would say, before even starting to do any competitions. Or, I mean, it was even hard to get snowboard movies. You know, like they came in like. Uh, 13 times copied the VHS tapes, you know. By the time you see him, like, oh man, I wish the intro was working, but you know. <laughs> at midsection, you could actually see it. Like, that's how it was growing up in northern Sweden with 
you know, in 88, snowboarding in like early 90s. It wasn't really snowboard happening, but as a lot of kids started to snowboard and we were just kind of like guessing and shredding and having fun and we didn't know much of the outside world. You know, it was like as it is almost now, you know, like everyone had like different skills. Some were more technical and some were like not afraid of going big and uh, somehow, you know, like I, I had a little bit of the both, you know, like technical and like to go big. So I think that's the, the, the winning ticket I had in the beginning. There was a contest in uh, Rick Stranson, uh, like Swedish, Swedish championships. And me, me and some friends from my hometown, we went up there to enter the contest. And we never rode a fucking pipe before, so... <laughs> so... Uh, and we were completely starstruck by the uh, older shredders from Sweden, so we fucking sat there and just looked at the pipe. The whole practice through, we didn't dare to drop in. And then, then uh, contest run, I did uh, three frontside airs in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, pumping speed on the backside hit, and then <laughs> another front side, another front side, another front. <laughs> Their names are like Klaus and Oscar and Pontus and uh, uh, Ronne Stam. And there's a, there was like a gener one generation older shredders than us. That, let's say like like me and Ingemar Backman. We were sort of like uh, the next generation Swedish writers, but there was a generation before us as well, who, who was sort of kind of like uh, in the same era as Haken and so on. Ah, yeah, that was my first sponsor for sure, and that was like a national spurt uh, on, you know, like the B grade, you know, like get your free gear and you know all all that. And but from there it went pretty fast. It kind of just a couple of years on national level and then World Cup and then to European level and then pretty much I mean he went from European to, to uh, you know global team rider uh, at, at once you know I was still doing competing and pipes and bi like big like big airs just that started to appear uh, like uh, air style in Innsbruck like I was there the first year just watching, and the sec second year I, I was invited, so, uh, and, and, and sort of this, that, that same era, everything started to like go into more global, professional, you know, we were still sort of like in school a little bit, uh, we were like, you know, 18, 19, but uh, uh, yeah, me and Ingmar, we, we just quit school without saying anything and we never came back. We ditched school. I grew up snowboarding a shitload, not knowing anything was going on. We were just snowboarding. And then the whole competition scene started and we were doing pipes and big airs and everything and we were just thriving on that like this is the ticket we can become pro let's do it let's do it so we were like even before we were good freestylers and stuff like that but like we, we became you know, damn good freestylers like you know, busting tricks and everything but I, I had 
the background of just writing. I love to write. I just love to carve and just slash. You know, I still today slash, 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 slash. I can go on forever. You know, like I, I that's, that's my retirement. I still haven't done the. I still haven't done the perfect slash. When ISF turned into FIS over the Olympics, I told Burton that now, hey man, like Hawker is not doing it. I am not supporting it either. You know. And then they said, okay, go over to Hatch and start filming. All right. And, uh, you know, of course, they thought, you know, I came over there and they're like, okay, another scandal, you know, kicker kid. And I was like, oh, fuck you guys. I'm not a kicker kid. You know, I'm fucking like, I can write anything. I, I just wanted to prove them that I was not only kicker kid. And then uh, Mike got stoked. He's like, I wrote a few lines and this and that. And then he was like, holy fuck, man. Well, you you can actually snowboard some other stuff. I'm like, well, hell yeah. Man. Like, I, mean, I only do kickers for money. <laughs> that, so that's sort of like how, like, you know, coming into to Alaska first year was like, you know, like really fresh out of the freestyle scene, but still a lot of miles just riding underneath my board. Because we went up, you know, from, from my hometown, uh, you know, when I was 13 or something like that, I was allowed to take the train to Rick's grandson over day, over day and go up there and ride for a day. And that place was like mind-blowing for me as a kid you know like and that is you know like a lot of riding you know it's just you know bombing down different different part of the mountain to like catch air on another section and this and that so so that's that 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 was the sort of the style of riding that we did it was like the whole kicker scene was sort of like a the mid-range of snowboarding, like something that kind of like just came along as a uh, competing aspect. I mean, for sure, like uh, there was a couple of years that when you just traveled with like dirt bagging and just noodles and oatmeal and uh, ste stealing tip from the tables and stuff like that, you know. And then into the pro scene, and then you're like, all right, this is pretty good, and you know, like. <laughs> It, it, it was like the dream come through, but it was also like kind of surreal, you know, like I think you, at the moment you didn't really understand what you were doing and like you you just went with it, you know, you know, you get in that kind of mode that uh, uh, if they are not ready after you hiked for that two and a half hours and you're trying to keep the 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 picture in your head of the line and everything and then you're like hey guys i gotta drop in before i forget what i'm doing you know like i this might like if i don't if i wait any longer i'm gonna lose the concentration and i might be in trouble you know like it's like i i, I gotta go and you get cold like if you if you're up there and you're ready and you fucking starting to freeze up and get stiff and you're all of a sudden you're thinking about, you know, completely different things, and then you're like, oh, fuck, dude, I am on, on a fucking, you know, because you're filming, you pick the gnarliest line you can see, you know, and so once you're there, you just want to be ready, and, you know, so sometimes it was like that, I dropped in, I'm like, okay, guys, I gotta go. <laughs> 
I, I, I always said that uh, you know snowboarding is is good practice for the real event. You know, every, every run, every line you take is a good practice for the next one. Then also you keep it on that level that. You know, it's practice for the big one. It's the, it's the, 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 the for the big one. You know, like you keep yourself in that safe uh, level that don't do what you can't handle because uh, you don't have so many tick lucky tickets. You know, like you know, Dave Hatchett, he dropped in some fucking big shit, and you were like, all right, man. Snowboarders are also doing it because before before that, it was like Doug Coombs and. Like there's a bunch of like ski guides up there. They were just bad ass, you know, bad ass motherfuckers. And they wrote some shit that we were like, holy fuck, man, you're just fucking shredding it and sending it, and you know exactly how the slough is gonna go, and you plan that shit. Like, all right, okay, let's do the same. You know? Like, Coombs was gnarly, gnarly. Dude, you fly into a valley, you look at it. You take a Polaroid, and within five minutes you're on top of the line, and then it's go, you know. And you never ride a line twice. Like I never ride like any of my film film lines are like first run, and I never rode them again after that. It's one time, one 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 time only. Then you move on, you know. Hawken grew up in the same movement. He also filmed a lot of lines that one time only you probably never get to ride it again and I'm saying the same thing you know even though Travis and these guys has like mega budget and everything but it's just like that one day when the conditions are right the weather is right the sun is shining shining at that time of the day at that phase you just gotta go and get it you know some lines, you know, you definitely, you know, you, you seen them and but and you wanted them, but it, it's they're not always ready to be taken. Does Travis invite you to film with him and the Brain Farm guys? Oh. No, not really. Uh, I mean, I, I I meet him like, for example, on random occasions, but uh, uh, I kind of like backed away from the snowboard industry like big time you know since a long time uh, I did it I don't know 10 12 years in a row and I, I was just ready for something else I was uh, I was in the end I wasn't enjoying riding so much because it was too much in my face and it was too much uh, it was just, you know, now when I backed off the whole thing, I have way more motivation because it is my, my, my precious hobby, you know. It's my pearl, you know. You know, like, that this, this, is, this is something special for me that I never want to wear out, you know. Yeah, I heard about a trip that you were on last year in Sweden. Yeah, it was in Norway. It was in Norway at um, yeah. at Mads uh, area. Yeah, it sounded like a stacked trip. Oh yeah, rank it and line, and it was awesome. Hawking was there, and a bunch of like new rippers, and yeah. It must have been nice to go back to riding for yourself after like the pressure of putting together, you know, a snowboard part. I don't think most people even think about all the factors that are involved, like you know snow year snowfall being in the right place at the right time you know injuries
Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I was that lucky that I was like, pretty much had like a 10 year straight run without injuries. Uh, and then uh, I blew my knee uh, snowmobiling, uh, just, you know, out snowboarding and snowmobiling and I blew my knee there. And uh, that's sort of like the beginning of the whole break from professional snowboarding. Uh, it, it, it was a strange time, you know, w within the sport. Everything changed, you know, like from us riders leading the market, uh, snow snowboarding got that big that snowboarding companies tried to build their own brand and market and just copy, copying different trends, you know. So they kind of got a little bit weak, you know, and the riders sort of like started to disrespect the industry because they were copying stuff that uh, riders didn't uh, respect. So a, lot of, so a lot of people kind of like a little got upset and like, what the fuck's going on with the industry and all that shit, so... Uh, but yeah, back, back to the question, uh, you know, Everybody smiles and, and laughs when you stomp the trick. And, but if fucking hell, if you have a bad day, you don't stomp the tricks and you, you know, you don't, then everybody's not so happy. And you're like, you know what, guys? Just shut the fuck up. Like, I'm snowboarding for myself. I, your opinion has no value for me. A lot of riders can, I think, a lot of riders, if you don't have that, that uh, self-esteem to think like that, the industry might break you down because if you're good, you're good. But if you have a bad day, they might really put you down, you know. Or if if you have a if you have a bad year, you know, you have a, a hurting shoulder or something like that, you know, like they don't give a fuck. You know? uh, some of those years we were trying real hard with the TGR, you know, like being up in Alaska, but we were snowed in for like four weeks in a row. Yeah, I noticed a shift that seemed to coincide with like the 98 Olympics. I mean, before FIS went into Olympics and everything, there was a lot of small brands. I mean, I remember doing World Cup competing and there were like, you know, 40 or 50 different pros running like small small brand companies and all that but that all went away and then it became like Salomon you know uh, who the fuck Adidas who owned owned like several board brands and you know that kind of stuff so it definitely shrunk and uh, a big part of the comp competition scene kind of died down after that whole thing because i mean FI fis was ran by skiers and isf you know it was like ran by snowboarders so uh, the, the the math is pretty simple it didn't turn out so good yeah i i i you know i hear about a lot of people who like when the competition scene and the career is over, they quit. You know, like you know, like if you see like uh, downhill skiing, you know, or like alpine skiing, like and cross country skiing, when they're saying that, yeah, no, I I, I got to stop competing now. You know, I, it's not working out anymore. Then they quit. Then you're just you're just thinking that. Well, I mean, why were you doing it? You know, I think that if you don't if you don't have a passion for it. Uh, you will not make it that far, you know. If your if your goal is to uh, be top ten or 
this and that and you know you have different goals I would say like in the winter time northern Sweden you know it starts like uh, beginning of November till end of May uh, and I would say I ride maybe three days four days three four days a week uh, maybe not many you know sometimes uh, you know it's like taking my dog out and hiking up and riding a couple of small runs and so on but uh, um, that kind of stuff you know like now working with this ski resort it's sometimes not so much riding but at least you know you get a couple of runs in but I mean I would say that maybe the last I don't know, maybe the last 10 years, fucking hell, I gotta count my age here, <laughs> fucking hell, uh, 10, yeah, I would say like, maybe the last 10 years I've been snowboarding uh, 90%, so the last 10 years like 90%, snowshoeing and fucking walking up and just snowboarding it, everything, that, that, that's the, been the biggest motivation, uh, in the last long time you know like it's awesome I can look at terrain now with the snowboard and it's like smaller stuff is really challenging and it's it's so fun and that you know snowboarding has turned into this thing that I I gotta hike a fucking seven six seven hour uh, peak to drop in and to get a kick out of it you know and yeah. no board no can do like uh, you know one hour hike and and do like uh, three runs you know and it's like, and then and well just the whole thing you know the whole snow surfing kind of deal is, yeah it's 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 fun you know it's like the never-ending slash you know it's not you never done the perfect slash especially without binding it's just opens up a whole new game of turning, you know, like, use the board, and, and it's back, you know, it's back to, like, uh, jigsawing your own, like, uh, vacuum-pressed uh, plywood boards, and just messing around with shapes, and I could only imagine Whistler, I was there, I, I lived in Whistler, uh, uh, like, 98, I think, 99, like that, the, 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 <laughs> oh, the, it was awesome. It was just insane. But I can imagine now, like, things are growing, you know, like, in all those places, you know, like, I also lived in Jackson for, like, three years around that time. It was, like, bef that was before the Whistler days. I was staying with uh, Brian Gucci and Mike Perillo and those guys in, in Jackson. Uh, a couple of seasons, and then uh, somehow I went up to Canada, and I was just like, hey, this is it. <laughs> you know, I'm going, I'm going to stay in BC. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had sleds. Yeah, my, my, my first sled was a triple piped uh, Polaris Storm. It, it was a fucking heavy motherfucker, but it had some engine. We did a lot of snowmobiling, access, hiking, or, or back then in Jackson days, and, with Gooch. Did you know Dustin Varga? Oh, I know Dustin. I know Dustin will. I know Dustin. Fuck yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's still killing it in Jackson. It's it's going off there this year. I see his Instagram all the time. It's it's fucking nuts.
No way. Well, I gotta, I, I gotta dig into Instagram a little bit deeper <laughs> because I remember Justin, like, you know, like just uh, coming by to Gooch and going riding and this and that, and he was like always amped, always amped, you know. So, fucking big shout out to Dustin for sure. You know, I would say that, you know, uh, measurement of a good snowboarding day is not about the conditions. It's about how you ride it, you know. And it's not about what how the terrain is. It's about how you ride the terrain. I mean, if there if there's a little bump in the slope, and if you're creative, you can start just session that shit. You know, like if you got the skills, you can. There's so much. There's so many ways to you know ride the board, and you know you can carve however you want. There's it never it never bores me. There's always something new coming up. Yeah, me and Ingo, we uh, we're running a ski resort. (laughs) Me, Ingo, and Jacob, we got this offer two years ago, and we're like. Well, what the fuck, man? Should we do it? I mean, we haven't hung out for 10 years, so maybe this is our ticket. All right, let's do it. And so here we are. And I live I live two and a half hours away from this place, so I can always go home and, you know, weekdays and so on. So. But, but, but uh, yeah, that's what we're doing now. And it, it's so much more than we ever thought, you know. We're like, all right, ski resort, let's do it. And it's like, like we got kitchen, we got cafes, we got bars, we got, you know, the machine parks and all kinds. So there, there's a lot of paperwork and office and there's marketing. And we got a park. It's uh, always kind of going. It's, uh, we got big landings built out of dirt. So, so basically, when we're done, uh, the, the main slope that we, we're, we're doing snowmaking in, uh, when the snowmaking is done, uh, also the park is pretty much done. Uh, but it's a really friendly park, you know, like kickers with uh, long landings and a few boxes for the kids and rails and stuff like that. So I, I, I feel somehow that this is our way to, you know, pay pay back, you know, give give something back to 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 what we what we kind of got given to us, you know, like now it's our our turn to give, give. Yeah, well, uh, I have a girlfriend and uh, a house and a dog and uh, there's uh, there's a baby coming out in uh, maybe a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, 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 thank you, thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Life, it never really slows down quite yet. Thank God to other people to <laughs> fire it up. If it was only me, I'd probably still be somewhere in, yes, snowboarding, living in a shed or whatever, you know. <laughs> uh, it's like, I kind of like uh, faded uh, smoothly out of uh, the whole professional thing because I, I had a house in Braylon and uh, so I went back you know when when the contracts and all that stuff was like over because I 
I didn't fight for it, you know. Like I, I kind of had a chance to come back to it, but I was like, no, you know what? Like, if it's gonna be like this, then I'm over it. And then, so I, I started, you know, just doing work in my hometown in the summertime, just enough so I had money to go over to Canada and just ride six months straight. And then, and then after like a couple of years of that, three, four years, you know, then I was like, well. There is a lot of terrain uh, up here as well, because you know between Sweden and Norway, uh, mountain range. There is a lot of mountains. There is a shit shit lot of mountains, and there's fucking nobody there. Conditions can be various, but sometimes you stand there, middle of May, knee deep powder, top of the ridge, like you know, 1,900 meters above above sea level, and you see the ocean below you. You're like, all right, you know. So, so I, I just I just feel like I I need to stay home and get to know my own backyard. Well, there, there's so much to do. There's so much uh, runs to get, and I mean. Uh, I don't have unlimited, unlimited time to go snowboarding in those places. So it's like every year you figure out, you go to a new zone and check it out. And I don't miss Alaska uh, that much because uh, I have plenty to do back here and uh, many, many runs to that I want to do still. And, and I went back to Alaska there once after the whole thing was yeah, all kind of over. I went there with a Japanese crew yeah. for a pure luxury trip and uh, it wasn't the same you know like they were like well you gotta pick your line now we were flying out and I was like what do you mean like uh, yeah this whole zone looks good uh, let's do a little mini golfing and check the snow conditions and then we do the big line they're like no 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 you gotta pick the big line now because there's five there's five choppers behind us like okay all right <laughs> and, and and within that trip because of that stressed out situation people get dropped off in spots that they don't want to be and it's like an awkward side of a mountain uh, and of course uh, a whole fucking face uh, a spider web one skier of the group got dragged down a, I think it was something like 600 four line meters and then, then so we were just bombing down and digging him out and you know he was like not responding in the beginning and uh, uh, so after that I was, I was just like hey, this is this is this is not the same this is stressed out like fuck it like and now also like the whole heli service uh, community they invite film groups but they, they don't want you to ride the client runs so 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 you're straight to the fucking lines but i mean you want to kind of ride the snow and dig around and kind of get you and then go to the big stuff you know and they're like no 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 you stay in this bowl and you're like oh fucking that bowl is like narnia like Jesus Christ, like uh, and and a lot of wa waiting, you know, waiting, stand there and waiting for the last guide and the tail guide and then loading and then there's a tea and a chocolate bar and then you fly and this is it's like she's trying fucking I'm, I'm I want to go to sleep now like I'm done. <laughs> yeah you gotta come visit man like come here 
and then we go northwest and then we go riding some good terrain let's go big effing rad shout out to johan olison for doing that interview what a fucking awesome dude to talk to it's been dumping here and i've been just shredding and i'm gonna get back to it i was up there tonight until 10 30 dropping clips in the dark with steve and andy and blair it was fucking awesome thank you to grouse mountain for keeping the lifts running we'll see you back there at 8 45 tomorrow morning and we'll see you back here next week for another episode of the F and Rad Snowboarding Podcast brought to you by BR Productions. Well, I was up in Alaska there one time with him and we were just like, hey man, are we a little bit over it? <laughs> <laughs>